So I just had the absolute coolest thing happen to me. Uh, just really neat. Um, I'm leaving Matt and Nicole's house after three glorious days hanging out with them, uh, which has been just spectacular. I'm totally exhausted because we've been staying up so late, and I've left really just tired, but I have to make about a three-and-a-half-hour journey home to <clears throat> Huntsville. And I leave, and I uh, see a Dunkin' Donuts, so I whip in because I need to get something to eat and get some coffee to kind of wake me up. Pull into the Dunkin' Donuts, and the lady that checks me out at the uh, the, the window is a, a really a very pretty black lady, and she's very nice. And I just was like really moved by how nice she was, and just kind of took notice of her, and just was so thankful for people that are working at a drive-through and being so nice. And it seems to me like I've noticed that in this town where I'm at in near Atlanta, it seems like people have been really nice, and it's really been um, just wonderful. Um, I get the receipt, and. I look at the receipt and I notice the the lady's name is and I'm like, wow, how cool is that? Because we've been talking about, I've been telling the story to Matt and Nicole while I was here and I've been thinking about her a lot recently and we've been kind of joking about it and stuff like that. And I then looked down at the receipt and I saw the number 711 and I'm like, oh my goodness. And I've instantly thought, I'm like, could that be a scripture? that has anything to do with like could God be trying to communicate to something to me right now and Matthew 7 1 1 is the scripture and I, I read it and I'm like oh my goodness it is Matthew 7 11 if you then though you are evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him the most incredible thing about this is that this is just like Luke 11:11, 11, 11, which is where God showed me which of you, if his son asks for a fish, will give him a stone or I mean a, a snake. This is the scripture that God showed me while I was dating Jill and I was trying to compromise and hoping that she would come around. God began to show that to me. And shortly after, I began to realize that God was saying, don't settle, don't compromise, wait, trust me, and believe me for my very best for you, Michael. Last night at the Mexican table, uh, Mexican dinner, Matt and I were talking about this thing, and I got actually emotional thinking about her, just thinking about how something in my spirit just really discerned that she was just an absolute adorable human being. She's just precious. She seems so precious, and I just, I got choked up talking to him about it. And I thought, man, this is messed up. He said, man, Mikey, I've never seen you like this before. And so I don't know if I'm just, I don't know how to explain it, but there's just something there. And I've just been praying and asking the Lord that one day I might have somebody like who's just absolutely stunningly beautiful like she is. And yet appears to be so beautiful on the inside as well, which is so important to me. And now here I'm seeing this name. I wondered in my spirit, could God be saying something to me through 7-Eleven about And here it is. If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in Heaven give those who ask Him? Then I go to, I'm looking for an oil change place. I go to a Jiffy Lube. And I think it's going to be too expensive. And I pull up to the guy and say, Hey man, what do you guys get for a uh, full service, this, that, and the other vacuum to thing? Um, $45. I said, oh man, do you have anything basic, anything that I could save a little money on? I'm just trying to head back to, he goes, tell you what, man, how about if I give you a $10 discount off of that and we'll still do all the services and stuff. I'll just throw it in like it's a coupon. I said, man, that would be great. I was so blessed. I'm like, man, I just saved $10. Get in there. Um, turns out it needs an interior air filter. It was totally nasty. They gave me like 50% off on the air filter. It was like 60 bucks. They agreed to sell it to me for like $30. The guy who checked me out, this black guy named Corey, was so nice. These guys were so nice at this Jiffy Lube. I mean, I just felt like they were very nice and respectful guys. I was just so blessed. And then I reach into my bag and I'm starting to eat my sandwich and I realize I have two sandwiches. So I got a double sandwich. So I go to the Dunkin' Donuts. I see this name. This black lady's very pretty. She's very nice. 
I didn't say, Lord, am I, are you going to, are you sharing something with me about her with the 7-Eleven? I see the gifts thing. I get an extra sandwich for free and I get $40 in discounts and I get amazing service at the Jiffy Loop. I just feel like God's favor was just all over me. I mean, just so wonderful, just so wonderful. It's almost like he did these small little things in the very moment he was showing me the scripture and I'm just, I'm so blessed. How do you, how do you explain that to somebody? I mean, I just, I'm so happy, so happy. Don't have any idea what the Lord may be thinking. I still wait every day hoping that I might get a an email from saying she would like to do coffee with me. And I've also really been praying to the Lord, asking him if he wants me to reconnect with her and to please let me know. And so now I'm kind of wondering, wait a second, is this the sign? Like, okay, I see this girl named she's on the sticker on the receipt and um, then I see the, the scripture that God's been showing me about my future wife that I need to trust him and believe him for his very best I've been asking him I just told him a couple of days ago that I believe him for the very best and now I'm seeing all this so I'm just wondering I don't know I'm not going to put words in God's mouth I'm just going to wait patiently upon him but it's just so exciting to see God do these small little things to refresh my spirit and um, just a wonderful thing I'm just so happy I'm just so joyful so just wanted to capture this moment it was very cool this next journal recording you're about to hear is a very eerie one for me to remember that I recorded I am going to share this because I think it serves as an incredibly powerful warning about falling away from the faith and about how people in ministry in particular can be so vulnerable to spiritual attack and can really be taken out by Satan because that is exactly what he plans on doing. This next recording is a message that I made, a very sad recording that I made to a mega church pastor named Isaac Hunter in Orlando, Florida. They had a church called The Summit and I had sat under his father's teaching at Northland Community Church in Longwood, Florida for many years. In fact, if you've read my autobiography, the experience I had where the angel, because she disappeared afterwards, the woman that taps me on the shoulder in the sanctuary one morning back in 2001 says to me, God will be magnified and glorified through your obedience. That happened in the sanctuary of Joel Hunter's church, Northland, in Longwood, Florida. And this message I'm making is for his son, who followed in his father's footsteps to become a minister. I'm not going to share the whole story. I'm not going to go into the details of it. But on my return trip from Florida back to Alabama, one of my best friends, Gustavo Hernando, contacted me and gave me this tragic news that it was just discovered that Isaac had been caught up in a terrible scandal in the church involving adultery, use of drugs or alcohol, and even domestic abuse against his wife. And it had blown up. This was a church that was growing and exploding. They had several thousand members, and this church was just exploding. And my friend Gustavo had been looking for a good church, so I agreed to go with him to one of their services to check it out just weeks earlier, which you'll hear me mention in this recording. And I walked away and gave my vote of confidence for Gustavo to continue to come to this church because I saw the gift, the anointing this guy seemed to have for preaching the Word of God. I didn't know his character. I did not know Isaac Hunter at all in person. But even the disciples could not tell Judas was a betrayer. That's always striking to me to know that they lived and worked and walked and prayed and ate and fellowship with Judas this whole time, having no idea he was going to be a betrayer. And so this message I made was just a last minute ditch effort to try to, from one hurting Christian who's been through brokenness and the destruction of a life through sin and poor foolish choices to another, I felt compelled to make this message to him. The thing that is so remarkably eerie about this recording is that Isaac Hunter ended up not only losing his pastorship, not only uh, committing an adulterous relationship, 
not only guilty of domestic abuse and possible drug or alcohol abuse, but he also ended up killing himself shortly after this. And this is a serious, serious issue. And I want to be the first one to tell you that if everything that I have just shared with you was true, which these things were reported on in the newspapers in Orlando and the church leadership admitted it and apparently he admitted it and they were making plans so this isn't something that was just gossip hearsay. These were legitimate things that were going on. There was a legitimate affair. There was a legitimate domestic abuse charges, etc., etc. I don't remember all the details, but there was a funeral and many people want to believe that Isaac is in heaven. I'm going to tell you, there is no way on this earth and there is no way in heaven above based upon what we read in the Word of God that says that you can live a life like that, that you can fall like that and kill yourself, which is to fall even greater, and expect to be in heaven. My friends, if there's any doubt in your mind at all about this, to, to help you understand how serious this is, this is not some kind of a mistake you can make and then get yourself out of it by taking your life and think that you're going to now show up as a complete failure in heaven and be walk, welcomed by the Lord Jesus Christ. It will not happen. The Word of God says over and over and over, you must believe and hold firm to this gospel and to this message that you've been preached to in the New Covenant Christianity. You must hold firmly all the way to the end or you have believed in vain. You cannot take matters into your own hand and destroy the temple of the Holy Spirit, your body. The Bible says if you do, you will be destroyed. It is a lack of faith. The Bible says if you shrink back, you will be destroyed. This is in Hebrews. My righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. You cannot go halfway and make it to heaven. You can't go 90% of the way. You can't go 98% of the way. If you read Revelation 2 and 3, you will hear Jesus said you must be an overcomer. You must overcome all the way to the point of death. And then I will give you the right to eat of the tree of life. You must hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. We have a responsibility as Christ followers to hold on to him, to work out our faith with fear and trembling, to hold firmly to the faith that we've believed, to be very careful to listen intently, Hebrews chapter 2, to the words and to the message that's been proclaimed to us so that we do not go astray. There's all kinds of scriptures. If you want to see all the scriptures that warn us about falling away from our faith, that show that, yes, nothing outside of us can take us out of the loving hands of Jesus Christ, but that we very much can remove ourselves through sin, through unbelief, through carelessness, through all kinds of reasons. Sixty-four scriptures I've all collected and put in one document that you can find on my website and my blog or under the PDF book section called Once Saved, Always Saved. If you read through those scriptures, you will know there is no way this man can be in heaven. These are the lies that we tell ourselves at the funeral. These are the lies that we tell ourselves so that the kids don't have to hear the brutal reality that God is just and justice demands judgment. And that you are not just once saved, always saved. There is no such thing. It is an absolute Lie, And I'm saying this as a man who married a Christian woman who fell completely away from faith in Christ Jesus through apostasy. I'm saying this as a man who has studied this, who has looked at all of the scriptures that the Bible has to say on this. And I'm telling you, as a God-fearing, spirit-filled man, you can absolutely fall away from your faith. Don't let anybody tell you that you cannot. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 13 is the most important scripture you can hear if you think you can never fall away. Where Paul says, if you think you are standing firm, you had better be careful unless you fall. You can fall. Christianity is not robot-ianity. And it's not entirely up to Jesus Christ. If it was, everybody would look like Jesus, and they don't. Christianity is teamwork. It is relationship. You have to work out that which God works in. Philippians 2.12 and 2.13. You have to participate. You have to abide in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said, if a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. If a man does not remain in him, he is like a branch 
that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. These are the words of Jesus Christ, that if you do not remain in him, you will not make it. I'm telling you, I know many people that have died and gone to hell. I'm absolutely confident, not because God showed it to me, not because he gave me a vision of them in hellfire torment, but because I believe exactly what the word of God says. And I don't believe that God has any pleasure or delight in the destruction of the wicked, but I believe that God is so just that my friends, I will tell you something that I've, I rarely share, but I'm going to share it to you right now. I believe in God's justice so much that even if I end up in hell, I will thank and praise God for it because I trust him that much. And I trust his word that much. And it is so important for us to realize that his very nature of being a loving God demands that he be a God of justice and that he correct right and wrong, that he punishes the wicked and he rewards the righteous. Here was a pastor who knew the word of God, who had gone to seminary, who had done all kinds of adventures, who had a gift of communication that I couldn't even begin to stand up next to. Truly gifted young man. And it looked every bit like he loved the Lord. But let me tell you something. You do not love the Lord when you're living in an affair. You do not love the Lord when you're having domestic abuse issues and you're fighting with your wife. You do not love the Lord when you're drinking alcohol. This means there was no way he was in a state of salvation. According to the Bible, the Bible says no one who's been born of God can continue to sin. You can stumble into a sin in a moment of temptation, okay, of some kind. Your mouth, even your physical body, your heart, your thoughts, your words. But you cannot continue in it. If the Spirit of Jesus Christ is truly in you, Romans 8, 8 through 10, it's so true. If you're controlled by the sinful nature, Jesus Christ is not in you. That is what the Word of God says. It doesn't matter what your opinion is. It doesn't matter what some lame pastor who preaches half of the Word of God says. That's what the Word of God says. Go read 1 John chapter 3, verses 6 through 10, and read how John says over and over again, If anyone says, I know him, but does not obey what his commands, he is a liar and the truth is not in him. That no one born of God continues to sin, for God's seed remains in him. If you are truly born again, you cannot live like this. There is no way, according to the word of God, Isaac Hunter ever stepped first foot into heaven unless it was temporarily to receive a judgment of God, which I do not believe, according to what I read in the Bible, has happened yet. But the day is going to come when he will have to stand before God, whether that's in heaven, wherever God's at for the judgment, he'll stand there. But that's going to be the only part of heaven he'll ever see. And then he's going to be wrapped up bound hand and foot in chains and thrown into the blackest of darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is what Jesus Christ taught. This is the truth. You could go watch videos and see this guy and recognize this guy is in hell. He's in hell. And he would give anything if he could come back and redo and not have the affair And think about, a little bit of fun sex with my secretary is going to send me to hell for all of eternity. Is that something I should do? It's not only going to crush my family, it's going to send me to hell. Maybe I shouldn't do this. Drinking the alcohol, doing whatever else he was doing, the domestic abuse. Let me tell you something. Men trade all of eternity for just tiny bits of destructive pleasure that Satan is convincing them will give them such a wonderful benefit and it lasts for such a short period of time and they trade a tiny bit of pleasure for an eternity of hell and torment. You cannot imagine the torment that a man like Isaac Hunter is facing in hell knowing he had full awareness of the scriptures. He had full awareness of God's word. He had access to the best teaching. He had access to the best biblical resources, the best schooling. He had the word of God. It was all over his mission, his church. He was immersed in it. And now the guy is in hell. The man that you're hearing me make a recording to in this recording where I'm pleading with him to turn and repent and to not throw his life away, he could have recovered from this. He could have humbled himself and accepted full responsibility before God and allowed God to bring justice and correction into his heart. Instead, he became God And he chose life or death. 
and he killed himself as a way out. My friend, you cannot, of sound mind, kill yourself. I'm not saying under a temporary moment of medication you couldn't. God is the judge. Let God be the judge. You cannot kill yourself. There are multitudes of scriptures. There are seven suicides in the Bible, and every single one of them was an absolute spiritual failure. And you cannot look at that person's life and say, Ah, I bet they're in heaven now. Their spiritual failure is over, and now they get victory in heaven. No, that is not the way it works. You have to live it here You have to be an overcomer by the power and faith and blood of Jesus Christ. You have to be willing to suffer. You have to be willing to endure. You have to be willing to receive His grace and obey God and remain in Christ Jesus. Otherwise, you will be cut off. What did Jesus say? John chapter 15, verse 2. My Father is the gardener, and He prunes every branch in me so that it will be more fruitful. And He cuts off every branch that does not produce fruit. This is God through Jesus Christ saying, I am not this all loving God that looks past all of your sin, all of your rebellion, and all of your wanting to do your own self-will at the cost of my will being done in your life. I do not look past these things. I am a righteous, holy judge, and I judge perfectly that which is right and that which is wrong. Obedience to the words of Christ leads to life, Obedience to your own will and flesh leads to death. That is what it says. That's what it says in the Bible. You can try to ignore it. You can try to pretend it doesn't say it. You can try to go find somebody else to tell you what you want it to say. But that is what it says. And you have to decide, are you going to swallow hard now and believe what the Word of God says? And let a story like what you're getting ready to hear from Isaac Hunter sober you up. Or are you going to continue to go, no, I can get away with this. God would never do this. God's nice. He's loving. He's kind. He, he doesn't do these things. Where did you hear that at? That's not in the Bible. You know what's in the Bible? Fear. You have a right to be afraid of a God who judges so wisely, of a God who says through Jesus Christ, on that day you will give account, men will give an account for every word you've spoken. By your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. That's scary. Brothers and sisters, I could go on and on and on. I want to encourage you, after you hear this recording, to this man who ends up, I'm pleading with him to repent. I don't know if he ever heard this recording or not. That wasn't my business. My business, I felt compassion and love for him. And he chose the easy way out, the cowardice way out. He killed himself after he had fun in his sin. And now he's in hell. Go read that book. Once saved, always saved. It's free. It's on my website. Immerse yourself in what God's word clearly says and warns us about how easy it is to fall away from faith in Christ. And may God bless you as you listen. Isaac, my name is Michael Criswell. I'm driving down Interstate 20 West, headed from Atlanta, Georgia, to where I live in Huntsville, Alabama. And I've been crying my eyes out for the last 30 minutes because of what I just heard about you. Isaac, I just want you to know, man, you don't know who I am, but I was just in your church two weeks ago and I sat under your father's teaching for about four years at Northland. And... I just told a friend of mine two weeks ago who was a believer who was beginning to take his relationship with Jesus Christ very seriously. After listening to your message, I said, you can trust this guy, man. This guy is speaking. The Lord is speaking through this guy. The truths that he's speaking resonate with my heart, the things that God has taught me. And Isaac, my heart is broken, man. My heart is broken for what... You've just gone through, man, and I just want to tell you, I'm sorry for you, brother. I'm sorry. I am so mad at the devil right now. I'm so mad. I watched him destroy my life. And I see these mega pastors fall like this all the time, and it makes me so angry. It makes me so angry at the devil. And I just want you to know, man, that my heart is broken for you, man. And I want you to know, it isn't going to feel like it for a long time, Isaac. 
But God is waiting for you right now, brother, to humble yourself and to come back to Him so that He can forgive you, Isaac. He still loves you, man. He still loves you, man. And I'm sorry. I am so sorry for what you and your family are going through, man. I'm sorry. I'm just brokenhearted that the devil took you out, man. I'm brokenhearted. Brother, I just want you to know, you don't know who I am, but I love you. And I know that your hurt must be horrible, man. I lost everything three years ago. My wife betrayed me of 17 years. She left. She took my kids. I lost my house. I lost my business. I lost my cars. I lost my hope. I lost my money. I lost everything, Isaac. And I didn't do anything to deserve it. Nothing. I had a Job experience. But I have seen God's incredible faithfulness, brother. I know the Lord like I never dreamed possible, man. I've never had the luxury of going to a seminary class. I've never had to learn out of textbooks about God. It's been experiential learning, man, of me and just seeking Him with all of my heart and finding the invisible God in a way I never dreamed possible. And brother, He is the great Redeemer and He is incredibly graceful and He will forgive you for your indiscretion, man. The damage is already done. The roaring lion nailed you on this, man. And I'm so sorry for your loss. But brother, right now, this very moment is the day you begin to turn if you haven't already. And you grab a hold of the, of the cross of Christ. You get on your knees, man, and you beg the Father to have His way with you and to protect you and to forgive you. And He will restore your life. He will take you and give you back beauty for these ashes, man. And I just want you to know that my heart is so broken for your church. My heart is so broken for your wife and for your children and for your father. For all the people that will be impacted. I just, my heart, I feel the Spirit of Christ in me breaking. Because the devil has once again succeeded in taking out a great leader, an unbelievable communicator. And I know that you must love the Lord, Isaac. I know that you must love him. And I'm so sorry. I'm just absolutely devastated for you and your family. And I just want you to know that somebody out here that you don't even know. I understand pain, man. I understand brokenness. I understand anguish. I understand public disgrace. I was on the news in 2002 in front of hundreds of thousands of people falsely accused and my reputation was ruined in all of Central Florida because of something I didn't even do. So I know what it feels like but God will carry you through this man. You have got to humble yourself brother. You got built up. You got built up on a pedestal man. You were too good. You were too gifted. You were too talented. You got built up and you got a target on you and you got taken out. It's a scary place to be. I don't know how anybody makes it when they get there. It's only by God's grace. But man, I just want you to know that I love you and I feel your pain. If you ever want to talk, man, you just give me a call. I'm going to be praying for you and for your family and for your father and his family and for all of your congregation and all of your church, the flock. Because it seems like the flock has just been struck and I hope they don't scatter. I see the work of the devil, man. These mega church pastors are falling left and right everywhere. But I just wanted to share this message with you and I hope um, and I hope and pray that you find the Lord's grace in all of this, Isaac. I was so moved by your ability to communicate God's truths. And you haven't lost it. Don't lose it. Because God can turn this around and use it, Isaac. It won't feel like it today, man. It won't feel like it tomorrow. But my God can redeem all messes. Now is the time where you're getting ready to get to learn to practice what you've been preaching. Now is the time you're getting ready to put your faith where the rubber meets the road. And it's no longer seminary school talking, man. This is 
This is real life experience speaking. You're going you're gonna to have a different kind of faith in God on the other side of this, man. I just want you to be encouraged. Do not give up. Do not let the devil destroy you completely and rob you of what God will continue to do in your life. Humble yourself. Beg him for forgiveness and he will forgive you and he will restore you. Do not forget King David. Do not forget Moses. Do not forget these that he has called that stumbled and did horrible things, murdered people, you know, had adultery. Don't forget them. God can work through this. Brother, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry that you're going through this, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I just pray God's blessings and his mercy upon you, man. And I pray that you get to participate in as much of God's glory on the other side of this suffering as you're now participating in the suffering. Man, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be hard, Isaac. It's going to be tough, man. It's going to be the toughest thing you've ever been through in your life. You're going to have days where you don't think you can take another step, and you can't. But the Spirit of Christ in you can and will. And stand and watch. Just be patient, man, and be willing to suffer because you're now going to participate in the sufferings of Christ like you never have. I do not respect what you did. I am, I am disappointed, man, that you fell. I'm, I, your behavior was wrong. That's the wrong thing to do. But I love you, brother, and I forgive you for that. And I know that your congregation or many will forgive you. And I know that the Lord Jesus Christ, the only one that matters, forgives you. He's pulling for you. He loves you. And he understands our weakness, man. He understands our weakness. Just crawl up in his lap, Isaac. Crawl up in his lap and beg him for his mercy, man. And if you ever want to talk to a brother who understands pain, who didn't learn it at a seminary school, but who learned it getting his teeth kicked in by the devil... You call me, man. You call me and I will get in the ditch with you, man. Don't give up. I love you, brother. God bless you. And call me. My, my phone number is 407-405. And my name is Michael Criswell. But right now, I just want you to know I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you and your family. And um, I love you, man. And I'm heartbroken over this. Call me if you ever want to talk, man. God bless you, brother. I am um, just pulling in at my parents' house. It's um, 9, 10, and I have been just so sad for the last couple of hours. I've just been crying, and I was so upset by what happened with hearing the news about Isaac. I just It just breaks my heart. I know I'm a little extra emotional because I'm tired. But the spirit of Christ in me is just broken hearted and I am sick and tired of hearing the devil win. I'm absolutely sick of it. I hate him. I hate evil. And I am sick of sitting around watching him destroy people's lives because they do not acknowledge him. They do not take him seriously. They're afraid of him. They don't understand him and they don't seek God. And I'm tired of people in this country not taking their relationship with God seriously. I am indignant. And I want to see people turn to God. I am so mad that people are not taking the Lord seriously. It's driving me absolutely crazy. And I am, I'm just sitting here coming down the mountain. And I'm like, Father, how in the world do I get people to desire something they don't even know exists? How do I explain what I have to other people and get them to want it? And I'm just like, God, how do you do that? I'm just like, I just so bad want people to get it. And um, I clicked on my phone to make this recording and it said 909. And that's obedience. And it all goes, and I already know the answer to this, but it all goes back to obedience. If people do not obey Christ, if they don't understand his teachings, if they don't try to learn them and obey them, you got nothing. You might as well not even be a Christian. And that's the message I've got to tell people. If you do not have a relationship with God, you are not a Christian and you are not saved. And if you are not being obedient, you do not have a relationship. You will not experience the joy and you'll have no idea what I'm talking about. That is absolutely the key. This is a mystery. I can't explain to anybody how I got here except for to tell them that God does it in some mysterious manner of grace. 
only by because I'm willing to obey. I have got to get people to understand the critical importance of putting all of their energy into obeying God and trusting Him at all costs. My message has got to be trust and obey. I'm just so absolutely broken hearted that people do not trust God and they do not obey Him. This is why I live and this is why I exist. I've got to tell people this. It's 8 o'clock in the morning on Friday, November 30th, 2012. And I've just reached the top of the mountain. I normally don't come up in the morning times. But um, I woke up to a text alert this morning and realized that I have a negative $26 in my checking account combined with the just really um, sensitive issues going on in my relation or in my friend's relationship and uh, and uh, their their marriage and the situation with uh, Pastor Isaac Hunter falling from grace and having an affair and then Zig Ziglar dying and um, just just been a heavy couple of days I felt like the Lord said come up to me this morning come up and meet with me and it just made me realize in a minute, in an instance, how critical it is to get away with the Lord often. <clears throat> the going in your room and closing your door is fine. It works for me um, regularly. I mean, I pray every single day, all throughout my day. But there is something so powerful about finding a place to meet with God. And I just pray that more people find a place wherever they live that can become a regular place um, a regular altar to visit and worship the Lord. And I have my place here. It's this mountain in Huntsville, Alabama, right off of Cecil Ashburn. And this place is, this is, this is holy ground to me. I feel so alive and so close to the Lord here. And I just knew this morning that if I sat around and meditated on my day, I woke up with a terrible sinus headache. Um, the other issue that, that I've got going on is I've been feeling a little bit of that loneliness creep in. Um, not really feeling lonely, just find myself thinking more and more about my future wife, wherever she is. And, of course, I am I have been enamored with this girl that I met, and I clearly could be making this up in my head, because I, I'm smart enough to know that when I'm emotional like this and needy, that, uh, you know, sometimes you have a tendency to want to see things that aren't there. But, uh, man, I just tell you, she's... There's just something about her that I'm not able to, you know, clear my head of. And, um, you know, then I've been watching these videos of Carrie Job and seeing how beautiful she is and how much she loves the Lord. And I'm just crying out to the Lord, Father, I want a woman like that who knows you like that. Yes, Lord, I want a beautiful woman, but I want somebody who is more beautiful on the inside, who, who just knows the magnificent obsession. And... I felt like the Lord was really just telling me to believe Him for my very best and that it's as ridiculous as it sounds that even somebody like a Carrie Job is not out of impossibility with God. With man, these things are impossible. With God, all things are possible. I'm certainly not saying that I feel like she's supposed to be my girl. I'm not saying that at all. I don't ever want anybody to hear this and think that. But what God was trying to get me to understand is the beliefs that I don't measure up that I'm somehow or another not good enough or that there's somebody out there that might be too good for me are all lies from the enemy. This is true for all of us. There is no such thing as somebody that's too good for another person, particularly for a Christian who totally is sold out and loves the Lord. I mean, who could have ever told Rachel, um, you're not good enough for Jacob or told Rebecca, you're not good enough for Isaac or vice versa? It didn't matter because it was an appointed favor moment from the Lord. And so I've just been thinking about that because God sees the desires of my heart and I am just so wired to be a lover. And I lived with a woman for almost 17 years who didn't love herself and who admitted to me she didn't know if she ever loved me, which I, I believe that's true. And I just had some friends explain to me that... It killed them to see the lack of affection 
that she had for towards me over all those years, knowing how affectionate I am. And um, I just, I long for that. And God knows I long for that. I'm longing for that person who would will appreciate having a guy whose world doesn't revolve around anything but God and, and really her and my children. Uh, not football, not motocross, not hunting, you know, not boating, not business. You know, that my life, I'm, I'm all about the Lord and I'm designed to be a lover. And um, I just... I've been so excited thinking about the possibility of God finding a beautiful woman for me that is discreet, that has a spirit of kindness, that loves the Lord Jesus Christ, that will respect me, that will love me, that I can turn around and respect and love and just cherish and be affectionate with her. So I've been desiring this. This is the desire of my heart that I've been expressing to God. And God's been telling me, kind of wait, hold off. I want you to finish this work first. I'm getting very close to getting this main project done, telling my story. And I feel for certain that that's why God kind of shut that door. Um, I realize now that, you know, the timing for, for coffee with wasn't right. And it may never be. She may just not know the Lord uh, like I would like her to or need her to. You know, so I've been struggling with all of that stuff in my head and this pounding headache. I knew I needed to get away. And having said all of that, this is the main point I want to remind myself in this journal entry is that how could I ever have a bad day up to the point that I can instantly remember what God has already done? In other words... This morning I realized how quickly we can get discouraged and disappointed and, and just kind of slowed down by the Monday tasks, the tyranny, the urgent, the, the little disappointments, the negative checking account balances. These kind of things can, can spin us topsy-turvy and, you know, head over heels. And before you know it, you're, you know, two or three days defeated, down, feeling depressed, don't like life so much anymore, feeling just broken. And I just realized this morning, I'm like, wow, that just doesn't have that impact on me anymore. I've been living on faith for two and a half years where I don't pursue money. God just brings it to me through jobs. Um, my parents have had to help me out. So somebody might say, well, he's not doing such a good job. Well, no, that's just not true because God has intentionally been using my parents very strategically in all kinds of ways, ways that <clears throat> are, are not good and ways that are good. He's been working it all together for his good. And I've been just waiting and trusting him. And it's been part of my humility to be a little dependent upon a person that I have had such an antagonistic relationship with and a person who I'm so unequally yoked. And it has served a tremendous purpose to build up my understanding and to increase my character, to increase my faith on Christ, to thicken my skin. And, I mean, nobody can persecute you like your mom is. There's never another human being I'll ever meet anytime, anywhere that could ever come close to having the kind of impact on my heart than my mother or my ex-wife. Rather, my, you know, my wife when she was my wife. And God is using both of them to purge me and to give me this thick skin and to break me down and to humble me. It's been a long process. So I wake up this morning and I'm like, wow. Negative $26. I mean, my first thoughts were, oh, that's disappointing. But it used to would send me into a tailspin. I'd be in a panic. I wouldn't be able to think. I mean, I just want to praise God right now for this. This is amazing. My first instinct was to get on my knees and say, Lord, you see the need. And I said, Father, what part of this is mine? It may be that basically what happened was I had enough money to get home from Atlanta. And I have money coming as soon as I finish this video job I'm on. But... I needed to get an oil change in the car. The engine oil was low. I was in Atlanta, and I didn't want to do any damage to my parents' vehicle. And, of course, I got there, and they show you that the air filters are all dirty. And I went ahead and decided I'd get one of the air filters, the cabin filter, and uh, let my parents reimburse me. Well, they haven't offered to do it yet, and it was 70 bucks. So now my account is in the negative $26, and uh, I hadn't budgeted for that. So I asked the Father to forgive me for spending money I didn't have, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a want. I mean, it wasn't a, it was a need, at least I felt. So 
I've repented. That's the first thing I've done. And then I have um, really just ran back in faith to him and asked him. And do you know, as soon as my feet came out of the floor and I hit my phone, I looked and it was 7.07. I was already decided to go to the mountain. I was already, you know, planning on coming up here. And that 7.07 is Matthew 7.7, ask, seek, knock. God again confirming for me that he wants me to constantly be dependent upon him and to ask him. And I just, I just relish that. I just, it's so incredible to think where I'm at today compared to where I used to be. Used to be something like this would just knock me off of my rocker. And I'd be so worried and consumed. What can I sell? How can I get this? Got to take care of this bill. Now I just, I just kind of relax it and let it go and give it to the Lord. Because after all, here's the key. My checking account's negative $26. What does that mean? Nothing. It's just math. <clears throat> it's just numbers. It's not like I'm a bad person. It's not like the world's going to come to an end. It's not like I'm not going to be able to eat. It's not like I'm not going to be able to go anywhere in my car. I, I, there's gas in my car right now. There's food in my parents' house. And my cell phone is still on. And, I mean, it's, it, it, we worry about things sometimes so much more than what will ever happen. Instead of just trusting the Lord. It all, everything comes back to trusting the Lord. And so I, I look at the little measly negative $26 balance in my checking account and I say to myself, okay, I used to worry about that kind of stuff. How could I ever, after having had the experience I've had where God delivered me in a miraculous way in court and then stamped it supernaturally with a seal for, of proof, how in the world could I ever be worried about little things like this and let them eat my lunch? It's incredible. So instead, what I do is I come up here on this mountaintop, I go get with God and get back close to Him and give it to Him instead of just kind of pushing on through my day and letting it sit there and worry me. So now I'm getting ready to spend some time in prayer, give all these things to the Lord, and this is the Christian life. As soon as something comes your way, you stand back on the faith that you have so strongly professed. You trust in the Lord, you reaffirm it, you re-give it back to Him. And this is what I've been doing for two and a half years now. And I hate to say it like it's a formula, but it works. It works. God, this is the way God ordained it. If you give Him your burdens, He will carry them. If you trust Him, He will provide. And I trust Him, and, and I can guarantee you, I know somehow, some way, because I'm getting ready to ask Him, that within a matter of a day or two, my checking account balance is going to be restored. There'll be more money in it. I don't know where it's going to come from. I never do. God just provides. It's like, exactly like George Mueller lived. And I can't think of any better way to live than it's this adventure, total faith. Like, if I just had a salary and I just lived, you know, guaranteed that there's money coming in every Friday, what kind of faith do you have to have on God? Money is the biggest tester of faith in this earth, while we're on this earth, next to death itself. Money has got to be one of the biggest tests of faith. And because without it, your life works. It, you're, you're, with it, your life works. Without it, your life doesn't work. If you don't have money, you can't eat, you can't buy food, so forth and so on. So it is a huge test of faith. And God has just put me in this place where I've been able to just totally trust Him. And He's faithful in spite of my ability to make mistakes, in spite of my ability to, you know, go out and buy a $100 pair of sunglasses when I thought I could, you know, afford it and I couldn't. Um, you know, whatever, those kind of things. God still, His grace covers these things. He's amazing, no matter what. So, I just want to capture this, that... There's no need to worry. Worrying doesn't do any good at all. And I used to be such a worrier. And God, through this season, is teaching me how to just literally let it go and trust Him. And after you see Him do this so many times, like, I mean, I've seen Him do this thousands of times. You just don't, you don't worry anymore. You just know. It's exactly like what Katie Davis said when she was asked on the 700 Club. All the money for the orphanage, all the money for rent, and all the money for schooling. How do you, you know, 
deal with the pressures of that. Well, I used to worry in the beginning, but then when you see God provide so many times, you just quit worrying. That's it. So, I've just reached one of my favorite spots. Now it's time for me to pray up and spend some time talking to the Lord. I just came off the mountain from a, a glorious time with the Lord. It was just incredible. I spent nearly the entire time up there and all the way down in prayer and in worship. Um, it was just so sweet. And I must have told the Lord I love Him, how much I love Him, 50 to 60 times, just over and over. It was just, I was gushing. And I even told Him that I'm totally smitten with Him. I thought about the fact that I was smitten by when I met her. And I just told the Father today, I said, I realize He is really my obsession. He is the one I'm in love with, and I am totally smitten with Him. And um, I even got on my knees in the middle of the trail one time and just worshipped Him. And uh, I, I came down just filled up, just like I always do. It's just such a sweet time of filling up. I mean, it's incredible. I pray more people have that opportunity. I get in the car. I'm leaving. Um, I feel very calm, relaxed, somber. There's 9-11 right there, 9-1-1. And um, I look in the car, and it's 10-10. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I see that. And about 45 seconds later, I'm driving. There's 7-Eleven right there. And about 45 seconds later, I see um, 666. So there's two warnings from the Lord, 1010 and 666. So I just went ahead and calmly put on the full armor of God, which I just did this morning. And just reconfessed it. And uh, I'm prepared. And I just told the Father how thankful I am that He continues to do this. That He warns me like this. It is just incredible. I suspect it will most likely be a reply from his attorney. Uh, from the emails that I sent them last night. And so that's most likely what the 666 warning will be. It's just amazing that God does this. I feel like His only Son. Like there's no way he can have time to be anybody else's parent because he's so busy and so active and so attentive to my life. And yet this is available to anyone. This is just amazing. So I just wanted to capture this moment.